from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. I invite you to visit our ministry website where you can find all kinds of great audio, video, digital, and print resources. It's all available online at djkm.org. The Sistine Chapel is one of the most famous buildings in all of history. Located in the Vatican, the chapel serves as the meeting place for the College of Cardinals when it is time to elect a new pope. However, the Sistine Chapel is most famous for the artwork found within it. While the artwork was painted by a myriad of renowned artists at the time, the most famous pieces of art are the frescoes painted by Michelangelo in the 1500s. These masterpieces depict many scenes from the Bible, most famously, perhaps, the scene of the creation of Adam. During the 1980s and 90s, the Sistine Chapel underwent a major restoration of the artwork. The process involved cleaning and removing centuries of dust and grime and candle smoke from the frescoes. After the completion of the restoration, the true brilliant colors of the frescoes were revealed. What once seemed dull and monochromatic became sharp and vibrant. The colors of the artwork now appear fresh and spring-like, just as the artist originally intended. Similarly, America is in need of a restoration, a restoration of our Christian roots, If we can remove all the grime and dirt, we will see underneath what our founders originally intended America to be. Here is how Dr. D. James Kennedy sees that in his message, Building a Christian Nation. Our scripture lesson this morning is taken from the 11th Psalm. Psalm number 11, beginning with the first verse, may we hear the inspired word of the living God. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, then what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone and an horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. 
And may God speak to us through his holy word, and may his name ever be praised. Amen. I would like to speak to you today not only on the building of a Christian nation, but also the rebuilding of the same. For there's no doubt in the mind of anyone who has studied historically the issue that our forefathers built a Christian nation. But we have been involved in the last 50 years particularly with those who have worked assiduously to tear it down, to destroy the foundations. And now there is a renewed interest and desire on the part of many millions in this country to see it rebuilt again. In fact, I'm sure that there are many that would not even know that it ever was a Christian nation. I was interviewed recently by Alan Combs, whom you might know, a liberal talk show host, about one of our new books, What If America Were a Christian Nation Again? And the entire interview, he focused on one single word. Can you imagine which one it was? It was the word again. How, he said, could America become a Christian nation again when America never was a Christian nation? And he's a pretty intelligent fellow. And I'm sure he speaks for millions of people for whom when you say America was founded as a Christian nation, they look at you as if you just arrived from Mars, in case you're a woman from Venus. <laughs> and you obviously know nothing about this wonderful secular nation that we inherited. Well, let's look at that one also. Secular comes from the Latin secularis, which means a view of civil society or education devoid of the religious element. Well, is that what they gave us? Well, let's run the camera back and see what the tape looks like about the very moments this country began. George Washington had just taken the oath of office to which he appended his own words, which have re been repeated ever since, so help me God. He then bent over and kissed the Bible on which he had just taken his oath. He then, thirdly, led the entire Congress, House and Senate, two blocks down the street to a two or three hour long service of worship in his own Anglican church. He then presided over the Congress as they chose chaplains for the military, chaplains for the Senate, chaplain for the House of Representatives, and all of that at taxpayer expense. A civil society without reference to the religious element. Secularism has also been described as a view of life with no 
thought of God or of a future life. So that secularism is like a smoked dome placed over the city of man wherein no one can see up to God and no one can see forward beyond the black pit of the grave. That is secularism. It is an utterly hopeless view of life. They are without God and without hope in the world. But thank God that's not what the founders of this country believed. Let me tell you something that I feel confident that most of you don't know. In 1776, there was not anywhere on this planet a secular nation. Prior to 1776, throughout the history of the whole planet, there had never been such a creature as a secular nation. It had never existed. The first one came about just a few years after our revolution in the revolution in France. Our revolution was based upon God. Theirs was based upon humanistic atheism. And in their revolution, it ended up with blood running in the streets. Tens of thousands of people were guillotined and the whole thing was a gigantic disaster. That was a secular nation. They took a nude woman and placed her on the altar at Notre Dame and worshipped her as the god of wisdom. They tried to get rid of the Sabbath day and put in a 10-day week. That wouldn't work. They had to abandon the whole thing because France had dissolved into chaos. No, there never had been and there was not at the time anywhere a secular nation in the world. And the founders of our country could not have imagined anything even vaguely close to that. In fact, when they discovered what was happening in France a few years later, they were appalled. It was abhorrent to them. You can go back to the very beginning. We could go back to the pilgrims. We could go back to Christopher Columbus. We could go back even farther than that. We could go back to Leif Erikson. That's a thousand years ago. Many people don't know too much about him. He was born in Iceland. His father was Eric the Red a very flamboyant gentleman who lived in Norway until he murdered a man, and then he fled for his life to Iceland where Leif Erikson was born. When Leif achieved manhood, he wanted to return to the ancestral home, so he took a trip to Norway. And there he ran into Christians, and he was converted to Christ. After staying there for a little while and learning more about the faith, What he wanted most of all was to take the gospel back to Iceland and beyond. And so he got a clergyman to go with him. They went to Iceland. They preached the gospel for some time. And then they moved on to Greenland. They preached the gospel again. And then they moved on to the northeast tip of North America. Some say even part of the United States. That was the first contact that this this continent had with Europeans. They came for the proclamation of the gospel. And then, if we go ahead to the 1600s, more than 500 years later, 
we find the pilgrims set sail and landed at Plymouth. And why did they come? What was the purpose in their coming to these shores? Well, I remember a rather famous American uh, many years ago, early in this century, I, went, I didn't hear him myself, you understand, my daddy told me about it. The question was asked, what is the business of America? I think it's a provocative question. I would ask you, what is the business of America? Here is a completely secular answer. The business of America, he said, is business. No, I certainly would not want to say that business is of not great importance, because it is, and God commands us to work, to earn our living, to provide for ourselves, our families, and others as we can. But that is not the business of America. America was founded by people who loved God and trusted in the divine grace of Jesus Christ and desired, most of all, to make him known to others. We don't have to rely on somebody's opinion. We can hear it right from themselves. As you may know, William Bradford was the historian and governor of Plymouth Plantation. He wrote the only history of the time. He's the only source. He was governor for decades. And he said that before they even left England, they wrote these words about their reason for coming. Was it gold? Let's see. They came here and founded this colony with a, quote, great hope and inward zeal they had of laying some good foundation, or at least to make some way thereunto, for the propagation and advancing of the gospel of the kingdom of Christ in those remote parts of the world. Yea, though they should be but even as stepping stones unto others for the performance of so great a work. And they have been. More missionaries have gone forth from America than any other country in the world. More money has been raised, and their great desire has been fulfilled. As many of you know, one of the ministries of this church has taken the gospel to every single last nation on earth. That's why they came, because of an inward zeal and a great hope of propagating the far ends of the earth with the gospel. But then when the pilgrims actually arrived here, as you know, before they set foot on the land, they met in the captain's cabin of the Mayflower and wrote what has been called the birth certificate of America, the Mayflower Compact. And how does the Mayflower Compact begin? Seeing that we need to set up some kind of a secular organization here to run this thing will... No, that's not what they said. They said, in the name of God, amen. That's how America began. Continuing with these words. Give them a hand. Thank you. Again, they tell us exactly why they have arrived on these shores. Quote, having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith 
a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia. Having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith, that is why they came, and that is what they did. They advanced the Christian faith, and this continued throughout all of that period. And if we go forward, we can come to the end of the 19th century when there was a great trial before the Supreme Court. It's called the Trinity Decision, and it was held in 1892, exactly 400 years after Columbus made his great voyage. And the Supreme Court of the United States, looking at the question of was this or was this not a Christian nation, the Supreme Court spent 10 years. This is unheard of. Today they give a lawyer a half hour and the other lawyer another half hour. They spent 10 years examining every single one of thousands of documents pertaining to the founding of this country, and finally they reached a unanimous decision. And they said this, quote, These references in a volume of unofficial declarations add to the mass of organic utterance that this is a religious people. This is a Christian nation. Supreme Court of the United States, unanimously, 1892, the Trinity decision. George Washington said that religion and morality are the twin pillars of happiness in this world, and the man who labors to undermine those pillars does not deserve the title of patriot. Yet how many atheists do we have working diligently to undermine the pillar of religion and morality that would get rid of God, that would get rid of the commandments of God, that would get rid of any of his moral rules, and yet also claim to be patriots. That person, said George Washington, does not deserve the title of patriot. So this is indeed a Christian nation. These and hundreds of other references would point that out. I read the constitutions of all 50 of our states. I read the inaugural addresses of all of our presidents. All of them, without exception, reference God. This is not a secular, godless, atheistic state as our young people are being taught in school. Nothing like that. In spite of the continuing efforts to turn it into just that. Our founders built this godly nation that we have inherited, and in the lifetime of virtually everyone here, we have seen it brick by brick, brick being torn down. But it can be rebuilt. It was built, it was built by men, it was torn down by men, it can be rebuilt by men as well. And thankfully, in the last several decades, there has been a revival of interest in the founding of this country and what it was intended to be and what it can be again. And as one person put it recently, what we need to do is not only vote, but we need to learn to vote right. Basically, 
Basically, there's only one subject and one name under whatever you punch with your finger. And that is in the voting booth with you and on the ballot with you, always, in every consideration, there is God. If we would learn to vote with that awareness, what would God want me to do? How would God want me to vote? It would make all the difference in the world. This nation would quickly be restored to godliness if God were seen to be, as we believe him to be everywhere, in our homes, in our schools, in our work, in our play. We need to see him in the voting booth. It's all about God. That's what politics ultimately is. That's what these people believed it was. In the name of God, for the glory of God, for the advancement of his kingdom. That's why they came. That's not why most Americans vote. And that's not how they vote. But if you want to see this nation transformed, you begin to see God in the voting booth with you. And God will change this nation. Heavenly Father, Thou art the sovereign Lord of this world and of the universe. This is our Father's world. We rejoice in that fact. And, O God, how we must have grieved Thee by ten thousand falls, turning away from Thee and turning to the folly and foolishness of men who have corrupted our families, who have corrupted our schools, who have corrupted our courts, who have corrupted our government our media, our amusements, and how this has wounded thee. Lord, help us to remember it's all about God. And knowing that if we advance his cause, he will provide all things that are necessary for us. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. The most important building block for a godly nation is, believe it or not, a personal relationship with the God who created and sustains this world. Each of us must examine our own lives, our own hearts, and see where we stand before an all-holy God. The truth is, we are all sinners. We fall short of God's standard of perfection except Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He alone is perfect. Yet He died on a cross to pay for our sins, yours and mine. He rose from the dead and offers to whoever believes in Him the gift of everlasting life. And if you don't know for certain that you have that gift, then I invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus Christ, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. Please forgive me. Come into my life as my Savior and my Lord. I place my trust in you for the free gift of everlasting life. In your name I pray, amen you just prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart we would like to help you get started in your new life with christ by sending you beginning again 
In this book, you'll learn the basics of Christian living, such as how to pray, how to study the Bible, and much more. To receive your copy, just write to our address or call our toll-free number and be sure to ask for Beginning Again. God bless you as you do. As Dr. Kennedy discusses, despite what many in the mainstream media might say, America is indeed a Christian nation. Our founders built this nation for us, and yet we've witnessed it being taken apart brick by brick. We have strayed from our Christian heritage and denied the importance of the Constitution. But what would America look like if she returned? to her constitutional roots. Well, we have a great new resource that shows us. It is the brand new book from veteran journalist Robert Knight called A Strong Constitution. What would America look like if we followed the law? In recent decades, the Constitution has been turned on its head. It expressly guarantees us freedom of speech, freedom of religion and freedom from government intrusion. And yet we see conservative students being punished under draconian speech codes on college campuses, Christian bakers and photographers being hauled into court for exercising their Christian consciences against same-sex marriage, and the IRS targeting Christian and conservative groups because of their beliefs. It simply must stop. Our hard-won freedoms are at stake. In this book, A Strong Constitution, Robert Knight shows us how our chief governing document has been twisted almost beyond recognition. And he provides a roadmap for returning to our constitutional freedoms. We will send you this vital new book as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org. And if you are able to give a generous donation of $40 or more, we will send you the book, A Strong Constitution, plus Dr. D. James Kennedy's DVD message, The Bible and the Constitution. Nobody was more passionate about proclaiming America's Christian history and how it gave birth to our form of government than Dr. Kennedy. And this classic message was perhaps his clearest, most influential message on that critical topic. As you donate, you'll be helping us to train and equip a new generation of leaders who love and understand the Constitution and have the practical tools to make a difference in the halls of power through our D. James Kennedy Center for Christian Statesmanship. So please contact us right away with a generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Call toll-free 888-332-3069. 
go online to djkm.org. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries. 